1: to 20 million users, it comes back to great product based on solving real needs for real users and communicating with empathy and authenticity and always reflecting back, hey, you wanted this from us, here's what we're delivering to you and having a really well aligned leadership team.
0: What should a marketing team's approach be during a time of rapid growth at a company? Our guest today is Rebecca Johnson Gilbert, head of marketing at the API platform Postman. Rebecca's outstanding credentials include leadership positions with companies like Greencrest and Nationwide Insurance, along with an adjunct professorship at Franklin University. During her three and a half years at Postman, Rebecca has seen firsthand the user growth going from 6 million users to over 20 million users. Tune in to hear how she's led her team during this really exciting time in a company and why she attributes much of their success to basic marketing fundamentals. So today I'm here with Rebecca, Rebecca leads marketing at Postman. If you don't know about Postman, you're gonna know by the end of this conversation, Um, they've been doing some incredible things in the API space. And Rebecca, for our audience, just describe Postman and what you do there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So very, very simply, Postman is an API platform for building and using APIs. You know, what I do is I get the awesome pleasure and uh, excitement of leading marketing at Postman. So, you know, everything from creative to content, you know, we've got marketing engineering. Uh, we spin up squads to solve specific problems, capture specific opportunities. But uh yeah, no, just to uh, have a chance to work with an amazing founding team and, and keep driving that vision forward for the product and for the industry.
0: So I we we connected last year, Rebecca, and I remember when we when we met, I was like, this this human being like Really, really likes marketing. Like I could just like you had this like thing like you were really into marketing and and I, and I say that like I talk to marketing leaders all the time and and they're all you know interesting and they're all interested in the space but like you had this kind of like spark about you like you were really like obsessed in a great way about like growth and and you've been a part of this this organization Postman for over three years you talked about being a part of this wild growth from, from six million users when you came on to now over 20 million users. So I wanna know where this spark started for you. I wanna know where that the interest was because you have a lot of experience, a lot of perspective, but the the marketing bug bit you somewhere along the way. And I wanna know when that was.
1: Oh man, uh, you know, it bit me and then I kind of wandered away from it. Then it bit me again, then I kind of wandered away okay. from it. Uh, okay. and I And I realized I was making mistakes and came all the way back fully. Probably when it first bit me. Oh my gosh! I think I was in fifth grade. Wow! And okay. uh, our uh, teachers, you know, gave us an assignment to make a commercial, and I just, I was like, oh, I imagine we're gonna, we're gonna create this amazing commercial and create this amazing product and do this. And by the way, it was terrible. It was like on a video camcorder. It was everything you would expect out of a fifth grader. But like that, just that experience, like, kind of stuck with me.
0: Wow. So you talked a lot about your your passion around product-led growth, which Mm -hmm. I love that topic. I think it's something I want to talk about, but I look at some of the numbers at Postman. I mean, you're talking, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's incredibly impressive, the growth. And I want to just understand what's been your approach from, you know, when you joined three plus years ago, because you've been a part of some just incredible growth. And I know other marketing leaders are going to be very curious about what was your approach then? What have you kind of seen in this product-led growth world? Uh, what lessons have you learned? What have, What's kind of maybe a couple of big wins beyond, of course, 20 million users, which is you know, ridiculous, but let's talk about that and your interest there and where that's brought you.
1: Yeah, gosh, so I feel like there's about 20 questions packed into that question. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pick and parcel let's and it. Uh, just kind of pick it up wherever. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, kind of the, the first things first. Uh, so, you know, Postman, You know, a platform for building and using APIs, Uh, the biggest chunk of our users are developers. Now, we have a lot of non-developers who use our platform as well. You know, that's an awful lot of our 20 million, but the biggest chunk is developers. And so what I found uh, you got to do first is just dig in and actually understand the product. Uh, And actually, uh, when I was first talking uh, with the leadership team at Postman and, and first joined, I actually came in and did a tiny demo as a non-developer actually using uh, the API client functionality within the platform to call on Twilio's API and, you know, make a phone call and do some really cool things. And to me, that's where, uh, you know, it kind of started to click. And I would say for any marketer, and it's really tough for marketers, especially in some super advanced uh, technological spaces, even moderately advanced uh, tech spaces, is you gotta dig in and you gotta understand the product because anything else you're gonna you're gonna end up put out marketing that's actually not true or not bringing with your audience, uh, etc. So, so I would say you know kind of first and foremost for me it was if you're in a product led growth organization you gotta understand the product and I know it sounds like insanely basic but it's just how it works. So you know big investment in terms of understanding the product, understanding the market, and I'm still learning every day. My learning is not complete. So I think that's part of it. What's been fascinating and what's really fun about uh, my role in our team uh, at Postman is we are defining how marketing adds value in a product-led growth organization. And that's something we're evolving every day. You know, it's interesting because if you look at uh, marketing and I would say kind of more traditional industries, more established industries, more mature industries, uh, what you see is, you know, marketing needs to focus on getting new customers. Marketing needs to focus on revenue. Marketing needs to focus on optimizing customer acquisition costs, right? And for even startups that have, you know, kind of are focused on some of those things, you know, if they're not right with the business model, it ends up not going so well. What's fascinating about product-led growth is at its simplest, and by the way, I feel like there's an interesting framework around PLG. I feel like we haven't really agreed to like a like don't have an agreed upon framework for uh, PLG. I, you know, I think there's as many frameworks as there are people who can spell PLG. Mm, <laughs> so mm. like, so, so there's different frameworks out there. Um, and, you know, I can speak obviously most to Postman's, but you've got some organizations that are product-led growth where it's a usage-based pricing model, right? Where marketing's role might be to bring new customers in, acquire those new customers. And then, you know, once they're in, as their usage grows, revenue grows, et cetera, right? You know, Postman it's a little bit different in that our users actually use the product, advocate for it to be used at work, uh, then it gets shared and collaborated across teams. So we actually kind of have this uh, entry model into organizations, and then as they begin to have their public APIs used by other developers in other organizations, they actually publish on our public API network which then restarts our whole lovely little flywheel all over again and we find that it goes faster and faster as each year passes. So yeah, so you know in that model you've got totally different problems to solve for and totally different opportunities to capture than you might in marketing in a kind of non PLG world if you will.
0: Yeah, there's companies like Dropbox I think than others that are you look at them as like oh, that's a product led, you know, product led Growth example. Mm-hmm. Did, did you spend much time kind of studying those other or, like other brands that had such explosive growth to kind of look at their playbook a bit? Was there much of that, or was it just hey, look, we're doing this our way internally, and we're going to put what works for us, you know, together? It sounds like you said there's a lot of frameworks, and we can look at different things. But yeah, did you look at others to kind of yeah emulate their success in product-led growth?
1: Yeah. I mean, certainly I I spend part of everyday learning, (laughs) you know, Dropbox is a great model. Um, I inherited some great motions that were already in place that were, you know, maybe somewhat similar to Dropbox. Okay. What's interesting is, uh, I I mean, you know, I always look at what folks do and then I I look at what folks aren't doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much cons that, you know, spend a lot of time, not just, you know, looking at other models, but then also understanding the context within which the, you know, that those operate in, you know, so, so it's kind of interesting. So Dropbox being an example, you know, we certainly great product-led growth there. A lot of aspects we could emulate in terms of product experience and our product seems phenomenal at that. But on the other hand, some services are easier to grok than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's really fascinating and a problem that we're solving for now within marketing at Postman is... When your users are actually driving new users, they're the ones describing your product, your platform, your tool, your solution. So all of a sudden, you are no longer in control of your marketing message.
0: Mm.
1: You can influence it.
0: Mm.
1: You can nudge it in certain directions. Uh, but what ends up happening is, uh, you know, you know what you see is the feature that maybe you're most known for, or the feature that's most commonly used, suddenly becomes the description for you, rather than all that you might offer and all the other problems you can solve for users. So, so yeah, so certainly some emulation, but on the other hand, there's a lot of contextual pieces and parts that, you know, don't quite model over. So you kind of pick and pull from what you, you know, learn from.
0: Sure. Okay. So, well, I mean, it's gotta be interesting marketing to developers, right? And, and that's a completely different category, right? And so clearly You've pulled on a, on a big thread and able to reach them and engage them uh, and connect with them, but just you know, what is that like? What's it like to to market to that community? What did you what have you learned in the last three years marketing to developers? And then if and tie that into this thing of users driving new users. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, kind of two pieces there. Let me let me dig into uh, marketing to developers, which uh, some folks will tell you is an oxymoron. For me, I mean, just speaking personally, when I came on to Postman. It was a huge culture shift because I had marketed certainly to technical audiences before, yep. but not global technical audiences at the scale quite this uh, directly. And I can tell you, for I would say probably at least the first six months, uh, I would write everything down. You know, I'm like, hey, I want to go in this direction. I want to, you know, this kind of copy direction. I want, you know, the strategy. And then I come back around and be like, cross out, cross out, cross out, reframe, 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 because it just doesn't, you know, make sense. Um, You know, I, I, again, you know, we've got a great leadership team at Postman. So I inherited, you know, of, you know, three founders, our three founders, actually developers.
0: Got it. So that,
1: (laughs) my advice to anybody, uh, you know, kind of walking into any type of organization, uh, you know, if you're in the developer space, At least one, if not all (laughs) of the founders should be developers should be very advanced, uh, you know, kind of technically, because they're going to help guide you and give you the right um, kind of feedback direction platform so that will set you up for success. So, yeah, so so it was kind of funny. So it was definitely, I would say, almost a culture shock for me, which was a little bit surprising because I'd been in technical companies before. I mean, that's where Mm -hmm. I started my career, but just not to quite this extent. Um, So, yeah, so I'd say, you know, kind of that was a huge learning uh, curve. I'll say, you know, a couple other things that set us up for success at Postman is we really, truly focus on solving real problems for users. You know, we're not just building it because we think it's cool. We're not just building it because because we can. It's, we spend so much time and I would say uh, like a really, really large chunk of my time and everybody's time is, you know, like literally listening to what folks are talking about on Twitter. Literally, you know, sitting in customer, individual customer calls, making individual connections with customers, you know, reviewing what folks are, you know, saying on forums or even GitHub or some of these other places, like, oh, why are they saying that? What's the why behind that question? And then what, you know, what can we solve for that? And when you have that as a start, then everything else that flows from that, you just, you know, come from a place that, you know, communicate from a place of authenticity. Wow. So, you know, which is, I... Like every, I, you know, I I joke, I'm like, if there's, if there's adverbs, if if there's a lot of things that end in L-Y in our copy (laughs) or our direction, we rip it out. No fluff, no overly marketing ease type thing. I just, you know, rather communicate from a place of empathy and authenticity. And when you start by solving real problems for folks, it ends up kind of flowing quite naturally from there. So, yeah. So, um, so I'd say that's kind of one piece of it. Uh, You also talked about Users, encouraging other users uh, to use that. Um, it's interesting, trying try to think, I mean, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal model. Uh, part of why it works is honestly, you can start with us for free. So, and that's a huge part. You know, you see a lot of companies talking about, oh, we're going to add on a free version and that's how we're going to drive all this product-led growth. Uh, it's kind of interesting. It certainly absolutely works for some folks. You know, our business model works very, very well for us. Um, I would say, you know, just, you know, kind of be clear about what you offer folks. You know, we like to align our monetization model around what drives value for folks who are willing to pay. So, for example, we're always free for single developers. And actually, we even changed and opened that up even more uh, recently within the last year or so. To be available for free for two teams with uh, three or fewer developers. Wow! And small teams wow. can even collaborate. Wow! Because what we found is when you're in that small of a group collaborating, you know, we really wanted to unlock the potential of mm-hmm. developers collaborating with one another and individual developers. I mean, it, you know, it stinks to have to pull out your credit card and, and pay for something individually if you're trying to unlock some of that uh, organizational funding for tooling or platforms, right? And so we aligned with where are we providing value that aligns with organizations having resources. So, for example, once you've got more than three folks, you're really collaborating at a certain level of scale, driving a tremendous uh, developer productivity for organizations who appreciate it, because now we're impacting the bottom line. So, that's where we kind of align and drive through there. So, yeah. So, you know, in that model, when you've got organizations, we're like, I'm like, they're like, oh, hey, this is going to save some time, just work on this individually. And then as you collaborate larger and larger, that's where we kind of align.
0: Are there things that you put in place to, yeah, to support users driving users? Like what are some of the macro strategies that you are or things that are you see that work really well um, for users driving users, like maybe a campaign or an, some initiative or something or is there anything specific you can share around that?
1: Yeah. But, and this was built into uh, the product itself uh, before product-led growth was even like a well-adopted term. Wow. So we have something called run and postman. Okay. And what it is, is uh, users can package up a bunch of uh, API requests, put them into collections, you know, assemble them together in a way that makes sense, and then add a run and postman button to their website that then new users can come in and say, oh, hey, I'm going to click this run in Postman. It brings it all into their instance and they can start to play with it and really experience. And that for us aligned very much with kind of where Postman started, just like, hey, how do you explore an API? How do you begin testing an API? How do you, how do you understand what another API does? And so that run in Postman button just became this wildly easy way for new users to experience an API. So it became this huge value add that uh, just drove some of that exponential growth.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Gosh, there's so much I want to talk about with you. And I'm like, this is fantastic.
1: <laughs> Where do you start? <laughs> this is good.
0: Well, I want to I touch on the just key lessons learned, things around working for three founders that are developers. I think that's super interesting. Are they all three like full stack developers? Like they both are all like front end, back end, or is it like they're, they're specialists in that world? And then, yeah, what's it been like to yeah navigate marketing? I know you said that they've, supported you in understanding the voice of that world and understanding, hey, because they are developers. And I love that connection. And also they're developers and you're a marketing leader. And so what's that dance been like with three founders that are developers and what kind of developers are they?
1: uh so great questions uh i would say you know all started off is pretty gosh darn uh you know i wouldn't say necessarily full stack but all started off is really gosh darn brilliant developers played in a a lot of different worlds okay you know some of them uh you know particularly our ceo still develops but not as much time as he wants to right Uh, you know others get our cto still gets to uh, dig in a little bit more but uh But yeah, no, I I think i trying to think, trying to answer that question. I, I spend a heck of a lot of time listening. Okay. And I feel like that's what you should do with any human being, whether they're a founder or, you know, brand new to the organization. I ask a lot of questions. I spend a lot of time listening. And then again, kind of providing context around some of those comments, like, okay, here's your background and experience. Oh my gosh, you know, this thing I don't know, you know, this thing I don't know. You don't know this other thing. Okay, how do I combine these kind of pieces together? So an awful lot of time listening, an awful lot of time uh, just understanding context okay. so that I can pull it into something, you know, bigger and more interesting.
0: Are they in different working in different parts of the business?
1: Uh, yeah. So I would say, you know, so, so our three founders working in different parts of the business and even different parts of the world, we now have two oh, in the United States, okay. one still in India. We have wow. a, a really awesome, uh, great product team in India, which is actually where we started. And then we moved the headquarters to the America years ago. Okay, But, uh, but yeah, no, it's so definitely, you know, could everybody has their area you know kind mm-hmm. of scope of what they're focused on and that evolves over time as we grow over time and we've got new problems new opportunities to solve for you know that'll grow but uh but yeah
0: have y'all gotten together in person
1: yes absolutely okay. i've spent okay, time good. in uh san francisco with everybody I've okay i'm in india oh. with everybody so oh, wow. yeah no, that's cool I, well and i would say you know and you know I, the pandemic kind of changed things up uh which is kind of interesting, but uh, honestly, there is no substitute for time together in person. It just Mm -hmm. makes all following communications so much faster. So even though, you know, I get the privilege of, you know, and really, you know, our whole team, our whole organization, for the most part, gets the privilege of working from pretty gosh darn, you know, pretty much anywhere. Mm. Uh, You get certain, you know, there's just time you get to spend together as humans. It doesn't have to be all the time, but it's time you get to spend together as humans to build those relationships because it makes everything else after flow faster.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, So I want to touch on your teaching experience. Can we go there? Can we go there a little bit? Sure, sure. Okay, cool. So you were an adjunct professor, Um, I just want to know, like, what did you enjoy, you know, about teaching and then what did you, what did you like about it? Um, yeah, just about that experience and how has that teaching experience informed your kind of own marketing?
1: Yeah. So, and, uh, I taught both marketing and communications and if anybody can take time out of their career, uh, to spend some time teaching, it's great for me personally. I uh, spent, you know, most of my classes were lessons and here's what Rebecca did wrong. (laughs) Like, here's a textbook, here's the models, here's what I did wrong, here's, you know, what you can learn from it. And Mm. so it just made, you know, just lots of tiny little snippets, stories, you know, anecdotes in those uh, classes. And for me, it made me such a better marketer, but even more so a leader uh, afterwards because I had time to reflect on all the things I had done wrong, like, you know, in my first half of my career, if you will. And uh, you know, made me stronger and kind of uh, a bit more resilient in the
0: second half. I love that we spoke to uh, uh, Michael Diamond last week. He's a he teaches at NYU, marketing and comms, and he was the former CMO for Time Warner Inc. and Time Warner Cable. And it's it's I love I love interviewing marketing leaders that also have the academia experience as well. It's amazing and. There's a brilliance around the marketing, like the, the rigor of marketing and the evolution of marketing and how marketing and comms is really changing. And so I love that you also have that experience because I think it's got to shape a lot, you know, about what you can bring to the world. And also I, I get that part of you that is always learning and always seeing like what's coming next. I, I love that.
1: Well, and, and I'll tell you, it's not just learning. I spend so much time unlearning.
0: Mm. Let's talk about this. I love this,
1: and it's really funny. I, I very, very, I started at the very, very beginning of my career. I was actually a co-op uh, intern at. Uh, this is going to tell you my age. <laughs> at Anderson Consulting, so pre name change over to Accenture, and um, and it was a great workplace. I learned so much from there. But you know, very uh, you know, it was stru- structured culture, very certain ways of doing things. I would never show up for work in a T-shirt, you know, and uh, if I wore what I wore to Anderson today to, out with uh, the rest of my team is I would seem alien and unapproachable. So, so you know, I would say devote so much time to learning. Uh, I also devote an awful lot of time to unlearning <laughs> at different points in my career, because what worked here isn't going to work there. You know, there's pieces you can pick off. There's pieces you're like, oh, man, that's not going to fly. So and I think that's true not just across workplaces, but then as the future evolves. I mean, gosh, can you imagine spending money on a phone book? I don't even think you can do that anymore. And that was a real thing people did for a long time, yep, right? So you have yep. to unlearn that because there's new ways to communicate, new ways to you know reach folks.
0: I love the unlearning, I think that's amazing. There's so much content. I mean, there's so much, and as a marketing leader who has to be responsible for so many things, you know, including growth um, in this vast changing world, Speaking of Accenture, I know you spent some time there in your career. Let's talk a little bit about uh, an article that they wrote recently. Uh, It was at the tail end of last year. It was on this great marketing declutter. Um, And the authors wrote about, you know, nearly 70% of marketing executives say that the past year has completely exhausted their employees. They also wrote, yet we found a small group, just 17% of more than a thousand marketing executives whose marketing organizations are thriving despite all this change and complexity. So in your experience, Rebecca, have you noticed either fatigue or thriving among marketers, whether at Postman or elsewhere?
1: Uh yes and yes both okay. uh, you know so it's kind of interesting you know our our team I feel like has kind of gone through that journey as well we had a period of time at Postman where gosh darn it was a real struggle it was not good we were too fractured focused on too many things. Um, if you look at the, you know, kind of the charges given to a marketer, right? You know, do do these 2,200 gajillion things. <laughs>
0: right. Turns
1: out you're not doing any of them real well, right? right, so, right. Uh, so yeah, so and and that just wears on the team. When you are get up every morning and you're doing 10, 12, 14 hours and you're spread across 100 projects. Okay, so odds of those 100 projects actually succeeding, very slim, you're exhausted. You're not giving appropriate headspace to anything to like, you know, just just do fewer things and do them well and do them right. Um, and, and by the way, that's a battle you got to fight every day, you know, because there's always new ideas and, and yeah, that might work. But, you know, every time you layer on, what's the thing that's got to go? What, you know, and I'd say I'm still not great at it, but gosh darn, we've made an awful lot of uh, improvements. So yeah, so, you know, to me, yes, yes. Um, I'd also say, you know, especially during the pandemic, Uh, you know, I had the luxury of already being remote, so I kind of already had a structured way of, okay, here's how I'm going to approach my day. It is a shock to the system for folks who don't have that structured approach, Mm. um, down to, you know, I've got, I'm very lucky. I've got, you know, dedicated space for a dedicated office. I'm terrible at decorating it. As you might, uh, notice, (laughs) I usually have my cat there. He didn't join me today, unfortunately, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, a dedicated space, you know, a dedicated way of doing things. So I think that's a lot of the struggle is just like, and all of a sudden you've got to form all these new ways of communicating in a remote world. And I, to me, I think that, you know, too many things to do, too hard to get them done led to total fatigue and burnout for an awful lot of marketers. Um, we've done some really simplistic things. And actually I picked this up from a, another leader at Postman that I just love. We call it Drum don't reply until morning or don't reply until Monday and sometimes I'll say drum drum slash m which is don't reply until Monday morning just because I'm thinking about it on a Sunday afternoon does not mean I should be interrupting your Sunday afternoon and being able to give folks kind of that dedicated space and I do schedule a lot of messages wherever possible but uh, so because there's no reason to annoy people uh when I'm thinking about something so yeah so so some of it's just giving folks the space uh, to kind of define their work day. And and we're blessed at, uh, you know, at Postman, we have an awful lot of autonomy in how we approach our work and and our team is structured that way. And we have, and we're able to do that with some kind of specific communication and processes in place to allow that to provide visibility, you know, like uh, the entire team rolls up, you know, across managers, across other folks, like, Hey, here's everything we accomplished this week. Here's the high priority initiatives on track, off track, by the way, Never say on track if it's not on track. There's no harm in saying something's off track. Be honest, be visible, and, and some of those processes have just allowed folks to be able to structure their days in a way that you know really helps them thrive.
0: Wow, I love that. I'm stealing that one. I'm stealing yeah. drum for mission. <laughs> you heard it here. We blame Rebecca in all the best ways. Um, that's that's awesome.
1: So drum, I totally stole from somebody else. So I don't. I Whoever is grateful, writer of that. No, I think I do have another phrase that I use quite frequently that also, okay. helps, you know, kind of with that struggle and fatigue. I think this is a Rebecca-ism. Uh, okay. I call it ASARP. Okay. As soon as reasonably possible.
0: Ooh. So when folks
1: say as soon as possible, to me, that means I'm missing family dinners. I'm working all night or late wow. into the night. I'm working weekends. Everything else on my plate gets totally shuffled off. Mm. ASARP is, hey. Keep your appointments at the gym. Keep your appointments at the doctor. Have dinner with your family, but do this as soon as reasonably possible. This is your top priority, That's but good. don't end all life. So I, I think that might be a Rebeccaism. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, you know, I just call it ASARP, and it's been really helpful too, uh, communicating with vendors. Wow,
0: I love I love 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 both of those. Thank you for that. Um, okay, I love it.
1: Those two to me have really help fight fatigue. Yeah. And help, you know, provide structure and like, you know, and just help folks like, okay, work is amazing. I devote so much of my mm-hmm. life to it, but mm-hmm. other things are gosh darn important too.
0: That's good. It
1: is gonna be rare that work's more important than your personal life, right? Like yeah, it's never yeah. more important than my family, right? My health, you know, these things, right. those are really important too. So, you know, put some parameters around them wherever possible. I love that. Even in hypergrowth.
0: In your three years there, did you were you always in marketing leadership when you when you came on board? Were you in marketing leadership for the past three years, or you grew into that more?
1: So I grew into that more. Okay. Uh, so okay. yeah, so I I joined Postman three and a half years ago. Uh, held a couple of different roles, always within marketing, but kind okay. of different aspects and parts of marketing. Okay. And then took over the marketing team a little over a year ago. So
0: okay. So how much of your work at Postman? is around culture is around you know keeping your hand as you know as the marketing leader on the pulse of the culture of postman and also a part of you know cultivating that and stirring that i often find that the marketing leaders in the the brands and businesses that we connect with like they're so key to the culture of the business and it's like it's it's like a they're not always accountable to it necessarily, but like, it's obvious that the marketing leader is the one that in many ways is like driving that culture and, and cultivating that culture inside of Postman. Did you find that you kind of took that on as a marketing leader? And has that been a big part of your role as well?
1: So I, I, I think so, you know, as I see how other teams operate, but it's not part of my charge. It's not part of my team OKRs. It's not like, something i measured on but to me the culture so you know we um we strive and what i found worked best for our team is to have a very supportive culture that pushed each other towards high performance and that's just that's what we had to do to succeed um and so when you have that it kind of starts to spread out to other teams as well so I mean, I, I, I'd like to think I influence. certainly, you know, other parts of Postman, you know, we've, you know, got some uh, great retention numbers internally, you know, we've seen, you know, evolution as we've learned and matured how to, how to work in a place, but, you know, I, I I hesitate to say that it's on me. I mean, it's on all of us, right.
0: Mm, That's good. No,
1: I just try to model the behaviors that I sure hope other folks uh, follow. And then when I mess up, because we all know I do, <laughs> then, you know, we've uh, established pretty open and transparent communication where it's like, oh, hey, this thing you did, or, you know, have this question or have this challenge, you know, it, you know, you, I don't know, you just learn from all the kind of small interactions, small conversations. So
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you you represent the story of the brand, right? In the marketplace, like, you know, you're the, you're the the lighthouse, if you will, of marketing. So I, yeah, to me, it makes so much sense that, yeah, it's like, you've got your hand on the marketplace, you have your hand on the, on the team, the internal stakeholders, and you get to kind of bridge that gap and, you know, generate the excitement around all the things that are happening. Um, you talked about how that one time, at one point, there was a lot of things happening and you kind of, it, there was a, a reining in of things like we, everybody was doing. You said fractured, I think was the word you used. How were you able to rein things in along with the leadership team there? Uh, because that's, I, I get that as a, you know, a fast growing business. And I've seen that you could all, it, that happens a lot, right? Where it's like, all these amazing things, they're all awesome. We should probably do them, but it's like, okay, we're also not doing any of them, right? So how did you and the team rein that stuff in? Because you did that well to get to 20 million plus users.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, and again, you know, marketing's alongside product-led growth, right? So a Uh lot of those, gosh darn, those, you know, those users are coming from product, you know, it's just kind of marketing's job to, you know, help, uh, you know, smooth that uh, context out for new folks. So, yeah. So I would say, you know, the reigning in, I, you know, I had the benefit of uh, sitting in the uh, passenger seat, if you will. And I'm like, oh man, I would, mm, nope, mm, mm. You know, like I was, I was taking notes for mm-hmm. a little while. I was like, so, so I had the benefit of watching from an inside view, if you will. And then, you know, again, you know, just really great alignment around our leadership team. Like, Hey, here's what we're going to focus on. Here's what we're not going to focus on. I know this other department wants us to focus on this. Sorry, we're not going to do that because our charge is this, which means not this, this, or this. And so a lot of kind of communication and and just alignment with the rest of the leadership team. And, you know, it'll change tomorrow and it'll be great, you know, (laughs) as we evolve. But, uh, you know, just staying totally open and visible and transparent.
0: Wow. What would you tell other CMOs? Like, I mean, they're like, how did you grow from 6 million to over 20 million users? Like, how did you do that?
1: Oh man, gosh, can you nail it down to just one thing?
0: Yeah, Um, can you distill, or just any kind of like, yeah, if you could distill it down to where there are like initiatives, campaigns, you know, major major milestones that were like, oh yeah, these were big shifts because that's a substantial, I mean, that's substantial growth. I mean, you've been a part in a very short amount of time. I mean, I see you in this like rocket ship, like, you know, you've been a part of this massive, this insane growth. So why did that growth happen?
1: Yeah, it's product led growth like not to I mean not to oversimplify it but like a product that solves problems for folks and be able to communicate that value well gets you to 6 million in 1 and 6 million in 2 and 6 million in 3 right so like so so i i can't say oh we did this one amazing campaign and you know and okay. it brought us millions of users i can't say that we um you know we sent out you know we we covered times square like like that's just i mean we do certainly do uh some really cool and awesome advertising campaigns to me those are all future looking mm-hmm. but for to reach 20 million users it comes back to great product based on solving real needs for uh, real users and communicating with empathy and authenticity you know and always reflecting back hey you wanted this from us here's what we're delivering to you and having a really well aligned leadership team that wasn't the answer you were looking for, is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's like, well, because you were you were because you were able to scale, like you scaled that, you know, you scaled that really well, which I, I I totally get and can appreciate, you know, the this very real idea that like, hey, the product was so good that the marketplace responded and it took off, uh, which I, I love that. It's like. How do you make you know a good chocolate chip cookie? Well, you find a really good recipe and you follow that recipe, and usually you'll make some pretty good cookies. So yeah. I I love that you go back to the core of that. What was it like just marketing through that growth? Like you're seeing the growth happen. You're obviously a part of. I mean, it's it's every marketer's dream to be a part of a product that's getting this kind of response. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine there are days where you woke up and like like wow. Um, what was it like to like market during that growth, and then also like evolve as a marketing leader cuz you're also growing during this growing, right?
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I the amount that I've grown. Well, and I feel like at this point I'm doing some of the best work of my life. And and again, and I think next year is going to be even better, which is right now for like 2022 me is like hard to even fathom. Wow. So I uh, I would say kind of marketing alongside that adding value alongside that is uh crazy. Um about I would say a good chunk of it is telling the story around it, um, which is, you know, one of the cool things about us getting together today. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd able to tell the story around it. So, um, you know, being able to say, hey, we're on every single continent, including Antarctica. Like you actually got to dig into your user data, figure out where folks are coming from it and like, oh, here's how we can wrap it up to demonstrate global presence. Uh, I'm like, why are we not in space yet? Right. <laughs> 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 we'll solve for that.
0: Soon. Right. That's right. Uh,
1: but, uh, be able to, you know, describe it well, you know, uh, you know, working with your, your founding team, you know, some really, truly brilliant, uh, folks working with your founding team to say, to say, Oh, okay. We're actually, and we haven't even touched on this. We, we've created a new category of product. Mm. We started out at this, this little thing, Uh, you know, just helping new users explore APIs and then leverage that on to solve more and more problems. And now we're we're a whole new product category. And that's a story that we've been telling for a little while, and we've got to figure out how to tell even better and better. So for me, it's, you know, try something, see how the market responds, iterate and improve, try something new, see how the market responds. Oh, man, that one go so far, let's kill it, you know, uh, or, you know, this one takes thousands of hours of effort. This only takes a hundred hours of effort. So aligning the team around things that can move faster alongside you. So, so yeah, just, I, you know, some of it's just a series of experiments that you learn from Wow. and kind of roll bigger and bigger and bigger. So, yeah. So, so for me, you know, it's just, uh, kind of finding new ways, new venues, uh, to tell the story and then amplify. <laughs> amplify 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 you know through whatever channels uh, work best for your for users your audiences
0: are there any things you're looking ahead to when you look at the landscape of marketing and like you see this world changing so much right like as you look ahead because you you're, you said there are things that you look into like what sorts of things kind of are you excited about as a marketing leader things coming down the pipes other things other brands are doing or otherwise
1: yeah so it's really interesting and I, for me it comes back a lot to product like growth I keep thinking okay so what's after PLG, or Mm -hmm. how will PLG evolve? Uh, You know, how will product-led growth evolve? Where we've seen, you know, some great traction. I mean, you know, we talked about a few brands, uh, a heck of a lot of developer tools. You know, some of that's just because how developers prefer to kind of consume information. You know, some of that's, uh, we'll say, inherent cynicism around marketing messages. You know, that actually kind of makes them a great audience for PLG because it's coming from their peers. You know, and we've seen PLG occur in a couple other industries. I think we don't even know how much product like growth is going to totally disrupt uh, portions of marketing. I, I don't even think we understand all of that yet. So, so to me, that's that's one trend that I think is going to be absolutely fascinating to watch evolve, and just how does the market kind of uh, how do other marketers respond to that? Would be one piece. Uh, you know, gosh you know, some of the, some interesting things happening around privacy and kind of, I, I anticipate some shifting. Uh, consumer. I
0: was going to ask you about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, sentiment around privacy, around personalization. I, I think for a long time, it, we'll see, you know, I don't know, but yeah. uh, I think for a long time, many of us, and especially if you track some of the sentiments across uh, younger generations, I would say even a year, a couple of years ago, I I think we're seeing changing sentiments around privacy. A lot of that's, you know, maybe led by a a few tech giants Mm -hmm. and that's going to evolve and it's going to have to change how we approach things, uh, which may make the market ripe for other solutions and reaching Mm -hmm. folks. Right. So. Wow, that's good. And something we haven't even touched on uh, that's really, really fun is I feel like we've got just a totally different way of approaching B2B marketing. Ooh, please, uh, than please. most folks. Please. So, and, and some of that's driven by the fact that we have such an engaged community. Of tw- so, so there's a luxury that you get when you have 20 million developers and, and API professionals across the world. Mm. You get to do things, you get to make some bigger bets and take some bigger risks. Uh, so, you know, for example, uh, our team did this really, really amazing graphic novel Wow. It's available digitally at apifirstworld.com. It's, uh, you know, you can actually buy a copy on our store. But um, rather than just say, hey, here's a slide deck or here's a webinar, here's our vision, here's where we think the world is going, the future of blah, 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 you know, chunk it into LinkedIn Live, whatever it looks like, right? We did a graphic novel, uh, which is just a very different medium for communicating. Um, You know, another thing that we've, you know, some other things that we've done Uh, We've got a really strong uh, illustrative identity uh, that we've developed. And if you look at how a lot of, you know, how some brands, some organizations approach branding, you might bring in a giant consultancy, they'll go through everything, spend a lot of time, you know, focus groups, listening and develop out this, you know, I don't know, 50 page, 250 page document. That's like, here's all the specifics. We've grown our brand a heck of a lot like our community has grown. We kind of started with a uh, core concept, and then it evolved on. And sometimes we have to rein it back in. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. We have this lovely uh, illustration of a postmanot. You'll see him on billboards right now in San Francisco and New York. And uh, and what's interesting is a lot of times we don't focus on marketing ourselves, but marketing uh, this trend that we're seeing uh, around API first. So a lot of organizations, rather than you know getting in and developing a bunch of applications first. They're actually, you know, starting by prioritizing APIs, developing wow. APIs, you know, designing, interconnecting APIs first, you know, before they even get to applications. So there's this trend happening wow. that we're able to kind of hook into and celebrate and, and promote and elevate. So, you know, so there's some really cool things there. And then, um, you know, kind of something else that we do that's just wildly different, I feel like, than an awful lot of marketers is I'm not a big fan of gating content.
0: mm Love it.
1: So, which is is which is like antithetical to, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where gating content is a great idea, right? But for us, because we're focused on solving some problems and capturing some opportunities around how the world thinks about APIs, around how you know even developers think about us, you know, all that we can offer, uh, you know, we find that we can get that message out there a lot faster if we don't ask people to give us an email address. Cause nobody wants that. You know, I shouldn't say nobody. Yep. Content marketing is an amazing movement. I was part of that, you know, A lot of it, it was great. Now we've kind of uh, evolved and uh, gosh, we just want to get the message out there. And you know, we find that ungating and getting the message out there is, is much more effective. Like for example, later this year, we'll release the, uh, you know, for the fourth year in a row, we'll have uh, the largest uh, and most comprehensive survey and report on APIs ever. Again, (laughs) every year, it's the biggest and best, you know, just, and again, part of that's part of our growth and just being able to tell that message of what's happening across the world. And yeah, that message happens to come from Postman and that, you know, benefits us quite a bit, but, uh, but yeah, no, just, you know, taking some different approaches to B2B marketing than what you typically see down to, we just launched early commercials this summer. So yeah.
0: Wow, well I, I what, the the thread that I've heard you talk about reminds me of a, a I read a book years ago called The Go-Giver by this guy named Bob Berg. Shout out to Bob Berg. Um, and he talks he talks about these laws, these laws of stratospheric success. Okay, this, I think five or 10 laws. I don't remember all of them, but I remember one because of you Rebecca and Postman. And it goes like this: if you give more in value, it's like, it's a give more in value than you take in payment and you will essentially explode. And it's like, you look at Postman, what are they doing? They just, they're helping developers. They're giving all this value. Here's the content, get the message out. You need answers. Here's education, here's support. Here's an answer to your problem. You're just dumping value into the marketplace and look what's happening. And it's like, you it's like Postman has this idea of, no, we're going to give value first and then look look, look what's happening. You're growing, exploding. Users are growing. They're telling other users about it. So it's kind of like this universal law, if you will. It's like, you aren't thinking about, Ooh, how can we make the most money from the developer market? Like, no, no. It's like, how can we help them as much as possible and then like scale that? Right. And I I love that. So beautifully well done.
1: Yeah. And I would say that's, that's well, uh, you know, kudos to the entire leadership team. But to me, that's just part of who we are as an organization, mm-hmm. we intentionally mm-hmm. capture a sliver or a portion of the value that we put out. We And you see that come through in our customer success motion, our sales motion, our self-serve, you know, folks just come in. Of course, I'm going to pay for you because it's so worth it. It's not a, you know, here's a bunch of obstacles necessarily, you know, in, in some, you know, motions, it's just a, well, gosh, of course, we're going to buy it. You know, question is how many people need it, you know, and mm. and that's, you know, just having that approach, you, you get all these savings on the backside that you don't necessarily see because you are only, you know, capturing, you know, suppose, you know, really only capturing a portion of the value. You don't have to spend as much on other things, mm. whether it's customer acquisition, whether it's, you know, lengthy sales processes, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, like we just have this community love. But, but it's just because we spend a lot of time listening and trying to deliver on that value. So, yeah, there's, there's all these good things that happen mm-hmm. that you just don't know until you get to work in an oper- organization that operates like that.
0: I love it. Well, this has been an exceptional conversation, Rebecca. It I is. am thrilled that you joined us today on Marketing Trends. Thank you for dropping quite a few mic drops in this conversation. And I mean, some of these acronyms that you shared, I'm stealing DRUM and ASARP and... <laughs> Thank you for being here, Rebecca, this was awesome. Have a fantastic rest of your day.
1: Thanks, same to you.
0: You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, BrightSpot content management system can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences so you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot content management system has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.